Amen. Amen. Got some things uh, stirring in my heart today, and um, uh, well, I probably say that every week, and hopefully it's probably accurate, right? You want to have something stirring in your heart. Amen. But, uh, you know, through this uh, last several weeks, we've been doing a, a series on grace for living. And how many know there's grace for anything in your life, anything in this life that you got to live, there's a grace, amen, that's available for you, amen. There's grace from on high, praise God, to help you walk this, live this, be this, do that. Come on, somebody. Everything that you're called to do, guess what? There is a grace to live it, to walk it, to do it, amen. Somebody give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. Now... So we have been working through this series, and so um, for those maybe just jumping on board with us, um, I just encourage, if you get a chance, you go back and, you know, get online. You can get any message, praise God, hallelujah, no charge, amen. But uh, today we got to kind of uh, we got to kind of jump into another area here and kind of move this thing uh, in, a, in a, you know, different direction here, but it's still talking about grace, but kind of want to give some insight, amen. It's going to be probably more uh, teaching than anything, uh, but uh, I need to kind of get this out. And so let's, real quick, just a brief review. Let's go to our key verse, and it's in Acts 20, please. Put that up. It says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Amen. Earlier he called it the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. How many know grace is good news? Come on, I thought I'd get a little bit more response out of you on that one. Grace is good news. It's a gospel of grace, amen, which is what? Why do I want to hear this? Why do I want this word to go in me? Well, because it's able to build you up, praise God. Literally means uh, to build upon, to, to build, bring strength and stability, amen. It's what builds you up, amen, understanding the importance of grace in your life. Grace will definitely make you different. Come on, somebody, amen. So it'll build you up, and what else? It'll give you an inheritance, praise God, among all those who are sanctified or all those that have set their life apart for the Lord. That's what that word sanctified means. But inheritance is a word that means possession. Uh, it, it means uh, allotment. It literally it means your lot in life. When you get that phrase, your lot in life, this word inheritance is referring to that. And so you have a lot in life in God. Are you hearing me? Amen. A lot in life. You have a future, a destiny. That also refers to that. So you have, amen, an allotment, amen, that you're called to, that you're destined for, that you are, praise God, called to have, praise God. And he said this, that if you allow the word of his grace, amen, this gospel of the grace of God, amen, if you will receive that, praise God, it'll build you up. And it'll give you your inheritance. It'll bring you into your inheritance, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Let's go to our next reference in, in uh, Romans 5, please. Romans 5 and 17 says, For if by one man's offense, of course, dealing with, with the first Adam, Adam, uh, it says, For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive, everybody say receive. receive. Lambano is the, is the Greek word. And uh, it just means to literally to seize, seize hold of what's been offered. Amen. So you're called to receive, amen, the abundance of grace. Amen. How many know there is an abundance of it? An abundance of grace and of the gift. Earlier he calls it the free gift 
of righteousness, which just means to be in a place of right standing. Based on what Jesus did, brought you into a place of right standing. You did nothing except, except just say yes. Come on, somebody. And you were changed. You went from hell, hell bound, to be heaven bound. Amen. You went from being somebody outside the covenants of God, brought into the covenants of God. Somebody without God, now somebody with God. Amen. Brought into a place of right standing, a free gift given to you. Amen. The gift of righteousness. And it says here, if you will receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what will happen? Well, you're going to reign in life. Amen. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna conquer in life. Amen. You're, you're going to overcome in life. It literally means to reign as a king or as royalty. Amen. In fact, some of your translations actually bring that out in, their, in, in this verse here. We'll reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, that refers to everything from like having confidence and stability. Amen. Being more anchored in who you are and what you have. Praise God. When you are receiving this abundance of grace, and of that free gift of righteousness. Amen. You're going to conquer in life. You're going to succeed. You're going to make it. And literally, that word there, uh, reign, means the foundation of power. It means you're going to literally have the foundation of power. If you will just grab hold of this, right there puts you on a solid foundation. Amen. And so that's why I think it's worthy of taking the time to minister through these things. Now, the word grace... Okay, charis. Okay, charis, which means a gift or, or favor. But it means, when you look it up, it means this, a divine influence upon the heart. The word influence means to impact or affect, amen, the life of another. Amen. So a divine, a God influence upon the heart and then its reflection in your life. Amen. So a God, God influence upon your heart. Now, the word heart. Uh, the old covenant, Leb, the new covenant word is, is cardio. Well, we get our word cardio, okay? Uh, it's not talking about the blood pump, though. It's talking about the seat of control, the center, the core, it means. Amen. And so really the quickest way to define the heart of man is the will of man. Because your decision making comes out of your will. Come on, somebody. You determine which direction you're going to go. Come on now. A lot of people say, well, I, I want God to just... Point me wherever he wants to. Well, that's, that's easy. You know, it's nice to say that, but you still make the choices and make the decisions. Come on, somebody. And uh, we all know this to be true because there's a lot of people that have never made Jesus Lord of your life, even though they're all called, come on, to come into the kingdom. Amen. So we know there's choices to be made. And so this is no different. Amen. But it says that when you and what we've been finding out over the last several weeks is that as you move toward God, if you will come to the throne of grace, you can receive or find or obtain or discover that grace, amen, to, lead, to live and to help in time of need. Are you still with me? So we go to Him. Why? Because that's the only way to be influenced by another. If you don't come here, if you ain't listening or watching by internet, if you're not, you know, take the time to listen to a, a CD or something uh, that, that, we have, that we're speaking uh, from here, or I'll just use it this way, what Pastor Jerry's saying, that if you never do that, then there's no way Pastor Jerry can influence you. Are you hearing me? And so the only way that I can influence you or impact you in any way, shape, or form is you have to give me some of your time. You have to 
Take some, a moment here or some time here. Sit down, listen, watch, whatever. Or come in here, sit down and receive something. Are you still with me? It is no different when we're talking about a divine influence. The only way that God can influence you there in, in what we're talking about, grace, is you're going to have to move toward Him. And the word is it's pretty plain. You move toward Him, He moves towards you. Amen. So it's divine influence upon the heart. The more you move toward God, the more you give God opportunity to affect the core, the center, the decision maker, the seat of control. And the more He influences that, the more it's then reflected in your life. Are you still with me? So there's a grace for everything in our life. No matter what it is you're going through, dealing with, looking at, walking through, whatever it is, as you move toward God, God, amen, can influence you and impact you in a way where your decision maker, praise God, can begin to reflect it and bring change in any situation of your life. Can I hear a big amen? That was a summary of about four or five weeks right there. All right? So if you want more, you're going to have to go back. So what we're going to do here today is we're going to hang out here a little bit in Romans 5. I think a couple weeks ago I told you we'd probably spend some time here in Romans 5 sometime through this series. Uh, And we're going to talk today about grace and the law, okay, and what that means. And so I... uh, uh, spent a lot of time through all this, and I, I thought, man, I was just going to go line upon line with every bit of this. And the more I did, the more I thought, man, I ain't got enough, I ain't got enough hours in the day to do this one. Amen. So I'm just going to have to take, uh, you know, kind of bring her down a little bit here. And so I'm going to start with verse 17 again. And what's going on up to this point is we're finding out, uh, you know, we're kind of seeing the, uh, the, the correlation between the first Adam and the second Adam, between uh, Adam and between Jesus. Come on, somebody. How many know what Adam did affected all mankind? Like one of the earlier verses, like around verse 12 or something like that, it says that, that Adam, amen, because of the decision he made, the choice that he made, the Word said he affected all mankind. Are you hearing me? How many know what Jesus did affected all mankind? And it goes on to talk about, amen, the second Adam, Jesus himself, what he did, amen, affected all mankind. But it also says that what he did superseded everything the first Adam did. But we also find out that you have to receive it. And if you don't receive it, you automatically walk under the results of the first Adam. Are you still with me? I just summarized a bunch of Romans right there. Okay? So you have to receive what Jesus did. And that's why in verse 17, he said, For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. And he even said that through the decision that he made, it brought not only sin into the earth. Amen. It brought death with it. Are you hearing me? So what he did, because of what he did, now death has an opportunity to reign or conquer or rule, come on, through the one. Much more those who receive. So he's in context saying you receive what Jesus did for you. Amen. What the Father's doing for you. If you will receive the abundance of grace... And of the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. No longer is death 
No longer is sin, no longer is the curse, no longer is that yuck out there going to reign in your life. You're going to reign over it, praise God. Now that's what we're called to do. And you reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Let's real quick, again, the word receive. Those who receive. I wouldn't tell you to receive something if there wasn't the opportunity to not receive it. Are you with me? Remember, Scripture says you can be driven off course of grace. The Word says you can come up short of grace. Amen. And all of it's based on our own choice, our own willingness to not move toward God. Instead, to try to do everything in our own power, do everything in our own strength. And guess what? When you do that, guess what? It's going to be a miserable, tough, stressful life. Are you still with me? Look at your neighbor and say, don't get depressed now. All right. So we're trying to give you help here. So what do you do? You receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So let's go now to verse 18. It says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, again, talking about Adam, the first Adam, as through one man's offense, judgment, everybody say judgment, judgment came to all men, what did it result in? Condemnation. Okay, so... What he did opened up the door not only uh, you know, for sin, not only for death, but it opened up the door for judgment and condemnation now to come your way. Okay, well, let's move on. It says here, uh, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, talking about Jesus, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. Now, in this text, he's talking about justification, so we know he's talking about their righteousness. Okay, so you were made righteous, amen, so it made a way, amen, uh, brought you into a place of right standing with God because you made a decision to receive it. Now, you may not have knew that when you made Jesus Lord of your life. You probably had no idea about any of that. All you know is that somebody said, hey, you know, you need Jesus in your life. And you're thinking, you know what, the way my life's going, yeah, I probably do need Jesus. So you said, okay, I'll take that. Amen. And you received that. All you did was say, uh-huh. And the, the split second you cracked the door open, the Lord put his foot in it. Right? Hallelujah. And you had no idea about all this stuff. You didn't have a clue about it. All you knew is, I need God in my life. Right? And a whole bunch of stuff started shifting and happening, praise God. And what happened instantaneous is the fact that you were made righteous. Justification of life. The word justification, uh, justification, uh, justified, righteous, righteousness, all are on the same word. All same Greek word. Amen. So that's why we know the free gift he's referring to is righteousness. Okay. So it's the same word. It's just all based on how it's used in the sentence. All right. So anyway, praise God. So the, through one man's righteous act, in other words, through what Jesus did, amen, the free gift came to all men. So in other words, Adam, through what he did, brought judgment, brought condemnation. But what Jesus did, amen, brought, praise God, righteousness, brought, praise God, justification of life, praise God. All of a sudden, there's freedom and there's liberty now in God. Wow, I thought I'd get at least some movement out of you. Amen. Am I boring you today? I hope not. All right, now verse 19, let's look at this. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, again, 
sharing the two, you know, paralleling, paralleling the two. I don't know if I say that totally right. But anyway, uh, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Is that what your Bible says? That's what my Bible says. Is that what your Bible says? You mean I'm gonna, I was made righteous? You were made righteous. You mean I don't have to earn it? No. You have to receive it. Amen. It's a done deal, but just receive it. Amen. So you, you mean I don't have to try to, I don't have to, try have to uh, appease God? No, just, just receive it. You mean I don't have to earn it? No, just receive it. You don't mean I have to try to impress God? Nope, just receive it. Amen. Amen. What Jesus did made a way for you. Amen. Okay, so there's a reason for that. Moreover, amen, because of everything we've read so far, amen, the law entered that the offense might abound. That just sounds like, huh? Well, you know, out of fairness, remember now, he's, it isn't like the law just all of a sudden came into being here. He's been talking about this kind of off and on throughout the whole text here. But, but we're just kind of, you know, jumping into this. Moreover, the law. Everybody say the law. Okay, what is the law? Well, most of us kind of already have an idea what it is. But uh, the word law means, speaks of rules or ordinances, decrees or regulations. Okay, it's referring to, and of course we know it's dealing with uh, you know, in the Old Covenant, talking about uh, the, when Moses and uh, everything that, you know, God gave him, the Ten Commandments, and thus, how I many it wasn't just the Ten? Come on, somebody. There was a whole bunch that came with that. Amen. But you have your initial Ten Commandments and then all the other stuff that wraps around it. Well, all this is referring to, you know, just to kind of break it down and simplify it, refers to the law, all right? Now, the law, amen, is really, what it comes down to, it's a list of do's and don'ts. How to live life, how you're, what you do, what you don't do. And so the law came, in fact, uh, let's see, let's look at this. Um, let's see if I got any references here. Uh, back up in verse 13, maybe kind of bounce up there real quick. It said, for until the law, sin was in the world. That, because why? Because of what Adam did. But until the law, see, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. In other words, there was no charge to the account of. So in other words, when the law came in, basically what the law did is put some boundaries, show you what you should do, what you shouldn't do. But what it did is it revealed their true condition. Are you hearing me? So the law comes into motion. So what happens now is you realize all this stuff I was doing, I wasn't right. I ain't right. All this thing, I did, the way I, nope, none of, that didn't line up. So People say, well, well, why would God bring the law in then? Well, because He loves you. Now, hang on. Now, the law. Um, let's maybe, uh, let's really make it look ugly here. So let's, um, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse uh, 7, I think, and 8 and 9. I think these verses here I want to read. And in context, uh, he's talking to the Corinthian church, bringing out the difference between Old Covenant and New Covenant. Amen. And showing you through that, showing you the with the law and, and the message of, of grace, showing you the difference with Moses and Jesus. So he, in this particular text, that's what he's doing here. But he says here, talking about, amen, the, the, the law, or we could even say uh, the, the initial thing with the Ten Commandments, okay, is where it started. But if, pardon me, but if the ministry of death, 
Now, who the heck would want to connect to a ministry of death? Years ago, you know, um, when I was just kind of getting started with this, you know, um, you know, uh, I was pretty gung-ho, and, and I'd like to think I still am. Uh, but uh, anyway, but I was definitely on go, and, and man, willing to do anything, man, whatever, man, man, somebody, man, I just, here I go, want to go and do, and, and somebody would say, hey, I want you to come over here and pray for so-and-so. All right, praise the Lord. So, man, I'd hit over there and pray for somebody, and they'd say, hey, I need you to come do this. All right, hallelujah, let's go, man. I mean, I was on go, and, and uh, I remember, you know, a few people that weren't doing so good, and they had me lay hands on them, and they died. And I thought, I must have a special anointing. <laughs> As I kept praying and kept learning, kept growing, amen, and my faith grew, amen, less and less of them passed on, hallelujah. But uh, for a while there, I thought maybe I had the ministry of death. <laughs> I didn't. But anyway, the point is, you'd think the ministry of death does not sound like anything you want. So what's the ministry of death? Well, he explains it. That which has been written and engraved on stones. I think we know what he's talking about. And he says, it was glorious. No doubt about it. So that the children of Israel couldn't even look steadily at the face of Moses because of that glory. Amen. Of his countenance, which glory was passing away. It was a glorious thing would happen. You all saw the movie. Come on. Verse 8. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious. In other words, what Jesus did was even more glorious. Verse 9, for if the ministry of, what? The ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Amen. Now let's go back to Romans uh, chapter 5 again. So we're seeing through this same text, he's trying to show you that the law, amen, is it really what the law did is it basically exposed their flaws, exposed their sin, exposed where they were at. It revealed their true condition. Come on, somebody. Somebody said, well, why was that so good? Because it was making you realize that the only way to live is inside of Him. You can't do this on your own. They thought they could. Guess what? It's no different with you and me. Many times we live our life, even though we, would, we, know, we might know religiously what, how to answer these things, but a lot of times what happens, we get caught doing the same thing, trying to live this life in our own power. And all it does is opens up the door for destruction, opens up the door for, for sin, opens up the door for, for misery, opens up the door for condemnation, opens up the door for all this mess that none of us want. It's the same thing he says here, that your only way to reign in life, your only way to be built up and receive your inheritance, the only way that you can do this thing in this abundant life is you're going to have to stay connected to the source of the one who can empower you, strengthen you, lead you, guide you, direct you, praise God, and that's by grace. Can I hear a big amen? Somebody give God praise in this house. Amen. All right, so back to verse, uh, where are we at? Verse, uh, let's see, verse 20. Okay, so again, read that first part of the verse there. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, we're going to see, amen, what's there? It's, it's, it's out there in the open now, all right? Um, let's see here. 
I put, uh, let's see who's back on, Micah, is he back, you're back there. Uh, put, the, um, put the second, uh, no, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's put uh, Romans 3 and 31 on, if you put that up there, please. All right, all right, I don't want to get too far ahead of my notes here. Put Romans 3 and 31. So if, if the law, let's maybe just establish, if the law was a ministry of death and the law was the ministry of condemnation, so then we just kind of flush it, tear it out of your Bible and say, forget it? No, because, you know, you can't, you know, we can't make void the law, amen, hallelujah, but on the contrary, what happens is we establish the law. In other words, that way to live is still a way to live. You still want to live. You still have to. This is how we live. Amen. The Bible, it isn't, see, you have to understand that the, it isn't just the law is, you know, all these do's and don'ts, you know, in the beginning of the book. How many know there, there's do's and don'ts all the way through the whole book? Walk in love. Oh, sure, bring that one up. Right? Walk in mercy. Forgive. Don't judge. See, these are some do's and don'ts. But see, God is not asking you to do any of those things, amen, in your own power. He's trying, amen, to walk you through this thing and to empower you, influence you, so that the, the seat of control in your life, the will, amen, can be affected in a way that it can turn now and be reflected. Amen. Walking this walk isn't complicated when you're doing it in God. It can be very complicated if you're not doing it in God. Just because you made Jesus Lord of your life don't mean you're walking in grace. Come on. It's a daily thing of drawn on divine influence. Amen. Amen. You still with me? All right. So uh, let's see here. Let's go uh, back to Romans 5 again. Let's now do that. Thank you, Micah. Let me, let me do that. Amen. Uh, Verse 20 says, Moreover, the law uh, entered that the offense might abound. Verse, uh, same verse. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Okay. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness. That's why righteousness is so important. Made a way for you, praise God. So at any given time, and guess what? There's no excuse. Somebody said, well, I really blew it. God don't want to talk to me. That's not true. You were made righteous. Well, God, I really blew it. Well, who hasn't? And it's a good thing. See, he knew you were going to blow it. So let's see. We better make, we better make a way here because for sure they're going to blow it. So um, what we'll do is we will make you righteous so you now have no excuse. You can come, up, come to me at any given time. Now, that doesn't excuse the sin. That doesn't justify the sin. That doesn't say, yay, okay, keep sinning. That isn't what it's saying. He's just saying, regardless of the mistake, regardless of the issue, regardless of that, regardless of this, you come to me because I made a way through Jesus. You can come to me anytime. Amen. That's what it's about. Because he knows what I have is the only thing that's going to help you through this. What I have is the only thing, amen, that's going to empower you to conquer in this area of your life. What I have, the only thing, the only thing, amen, that you need to win in life is what I have. So I have to make a way so you can come to me. 
So that's why the free gift of righteousness is so important. And it says here in this verse that grace reigns through righteousness. Are you still with me? All right. I just had to throw that a little bit in there. All right. So uh, let's see. So let's go to verse chapter 6, verse 1. So what shall we say then? Okay, with all this being said, shall we continue in sin <laughs> that grace may abound? I mean, if the grace of God's there, we might as well just go live whatever we want to live and just keep doing it. Certainly not. That's how he answers it. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Are you hearing me now? Now, back up to verse 20 of chapter 5 again. Where sin abounded, grace huh, abounded much more. Now, we have been trying to work through this through a little bit each, each week. And I've been talking to you quite a bit about you know, the difference between mercy and, and grace because a lot of times we lump them together or a lot of times we get it confused. And so this is one of those verses sometimes that can open up a door for confusion about it because we kind of speed read this and we think, well, um, what grace is is a, is, a, is a free card, get out of jail free card. And so we're saying because we've sinned, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a great, I'm going to go get a, a get out of jail free card and it's as if I didn't sin. Are you hearing me? That's not what grace means. You're confusing it with mercy. God's always merciful. His mercy is new every day. Somebody said, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Well, go to bed, get back up again. Because why? Because mercy's new. Hallelujah. It's a new day. Huh? I mean, you've got to sometimes actually look at it that way. Amen? So if you've got to get to bed early, you go do her, man, so you can get up the next day and go, mercy's new. Hallelujah. It's a new day. But don't confuse grace with mercy. Grace isn't some get-out-of-jail-free card kind of thing. That's not what it is, all right? Remember, grace is a divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. So this isn't talking about something that covers over sin. This is something called, to empower you to overcome sin. Are you hearing me? So when he's talking about grace abounding more, you have to understand that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter the sin, the addiction, the problem, the issue, no matter what it is, you have to understand that there is a grace of God, amen, to help you walk through this thing, to conquer this thing, to overcome this thing, so it no longer has dominion in your life. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. Let's put... Um, Let's put, the, there's a 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Put that on the board. Some of you might remember this text. I got something rolling around my, must be a beard hair or something. Sorry. Well, it's just like an annoying thing. Okay, you didn't need to know all that, did you? All right, anyway, verse 9. Okay, now what's going on in context? Uh, right now, the scriptures are pretty clear about this text that right now Paul is being, uh, being attacked. It's a demonic thing that's coming against him. Amen. A lot of stuff gets around it and talk about it. And most of it, everybody just complicates it. It's just a demonic attack. You ever had a demonic attack? You ever had the enemy war against you? You ever had the enemy attack you? You ever had the enemy somehow or another try to mess up your day? We've all had that, right? And so Paul was talking to God about it. He says, God, get the devil off my back. 
I mean, I'm kind of tired of this annoyance. Get it gone. And God would say, he'd say this, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength, in other words, his grace is his strength. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. That word weakness means uh, feebleness or an inability to produce a result. How many, we probably could sit down and make a list of our inabilities. I don't want you to because I want you all depressed. But the point is, amen, we, see, it says that His strength is made perfect, amen, in our inability. Hang on. Therefore, amen, and then what's Paul got it. He said, therefore, most gladly, I'd rather boast in my infirmities. That word firmity there is the same Greek word as the word weakness. I'm going to boast in my inability. I'm going to boast in my weakness. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. So in other words, he's not saying, I'm so glad I'm being mowed over. Some, a lot of people teach that stuff. Well, you know, Paul just says, you know, the, 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 the God's trying to let all this happen to me, trying to teach me something. That is not what this verse says. Has nothing to do with that. He said, I'd rather boast in all the things that right now show me, hallelujah, show everybody that without God, I have nothing. Without God, I can do nothing. I need God in my life. That's the only thing he's boasting about. Amen. So my grace is sufficient for you. Somebody said, well, he went to God, so why didn't God grace? Because all he was trying to do is get God, God, you handle it. God, just take that monkey off my back. God, just, just make the devil leave me alone. I know you've never done this, but Paul was guilty of that. And God said, listen, that ain't how it works, son. Now let me walk you through it, and I'll show you how this works. Now you, you just handle it. He said three times. You handle it. I'm busy. I got too much on my plate. The last thing I need to do is to get in some kind of warfare with the enemy. My grace is sufficient. God, just take care of this. I am busy. I got family. I've got issues. I got work. I got this. I got that. You just take care of it. My grace is sufficient. So what does that mean? It means sit put right there. And you listen now. Let me show you how to do this. That's all God's trying to do. That's why sometimes grace, you know, when you start really getting into grace, that's why a lot of times people say, you know, I don't really want to hear that. Well, because it's going to require you a little bit more time. It's going to require you to sit down and give attention. It's going to require you to, to bend your ear toward heaven and to hear from heaven. Amen. I, you just don't understand, Pastor. Come on. You do that. That's why we pay you the big bucks, sir. You get out there and you make sure all of our lives are good. Come on. It's the same thing the children of Israel did. Moses, you go. Come on. That ain't how this works. God says, listen, the only way this works is if you come. And let me walk you through this. Let me show you. Let me empower you. Let me give you strength. Let me give you a word. Let me give you wisdom. Let me give you peace. Let me give you joy. Let me give you strength. Let me give you an empowerment. Let me give you insight. Let me give you answers. Let me give you direction. All of that comes under grace. Because grace is just divine influence. 
Everything he has to offer can come under that heading because somehow through all of that or through one of those avenues, God is trying to impact your will, impact your heart. Why? Because everything comes out of the heart of man, good, bad, and ugly. And if we don't infect that, if we don't impact that, if we don't somehow influence that, everything that comes out is not going to be pretty. And you're going to end up going down roads. you got no business going down. You're going to end up making decisions you had no business making. And the whole time the Spirit of God was saying, I have answers. I have strength. I have everything you need to get this thing done. So it requires us to stop, to be still. Last week we talked about entering into the rest of God. It's all what it is. You're entering into the rest of God. No stressful life, praise God. Why? Because I'm moving into God. And if I move into God, I get answers. That thing's not going to stress me out. That thing's not going to overcome me. That thing's not going to win. That thing over there isn't going to conquer me. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm in God, drawing from God, walking this thing out. Praise God. One step after another. Praise God. Somebody give God praise. Amen. Amen. This is how it works. All right, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, amen, in an inability to produce a result. In the Romans text, let's go back to Romans again, it talked about sin, okay? So uh, whether we're talking about sin, we're talking about, and remember what sin is, the word sin, the Bible even defines sin, uh, it defines sin as that, to know to do good and not to do it, that's what James said. Sin is to know to do good and not to do it. That's why when the law came, sin abounded. Because now all of a sudden, now you know. Here come the law. Here come the, here come the regulation. Here come the rule. And, oh, I'm not doing that. Bang. Now you know. Come on. You know as well as I do. When you, when you make a mistake, uh, when you sin, walk in sin, um, you knew. Come on. I didn't know. How did that happen? Now, uh, just for clarity, not every mistake is a sin, but every sin is a mistake. That's why it don't pay to judge everybody about their mistake or their sin. Come on, somebody. Because by doing that, now you just made a mistake or sin. Come on, somebody. Because you knew better. Come on now. Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. And uh, so anyway, so uh, in, in, from Romans, in Romans 6, then, he starts talking about being alive unto God and being dead to sin then. All right? So um, uh, let's go to verse, let's sum it up here. Let's go to verse 14 of Romans 6. All right? And let's kind of look at this now in the light of everything that we've been talking about. And it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, how? What? Sin shall not have dominion over you. Now, because in context, he's talking about sin. But if we were looking at the, uh, you know, the other text here in, in 2 Corinthians, we could say that, um, that weakness has no dominion over you. That inability to produce a result has no dominion over you. Sin has no dominion over you. 
Addiction has no dominion over you. That issue has no dominion over you. That marital problem has no dominion over you. That financial problem has no dominion over you. Anything of the curse has no dominion over you. None of it has dominion over you. And he goes on to explain, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you're under grace. Does that mean I can just live whatever I want to live? No, 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 it has nothing to do with that. That's ain't what he's saying. He's saying you're not living under your own strength. It ain't about a list of do's and don'ts, and if you don't do it, you're going to hell. Are you hearing me? It's not about doing everything in your own power. It's about doing everything in His power. Remember, you're under a divine influence. Let's define it. A divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. The Scriptures are real clear that the law of God's been written in your heart. And we can set all day long, in fact, under the new covenant... I can find you at least a half a dozen lists of what things that you should do and not do. Under the new covenant, about your character and how you treat people and how you do this and how you do that. And we could sit here and I can read them all day and I can watch you start sinking in your seat. And this is out of the new covenant. And then you might say, Pastor, you're putting me under the law. No, you're already under the law. Because the reason it's making you sink in your seat is because you're seeing it being done in your power and not in His. And if all you do is read something about, you know, modifying your character or being an example in word, in conduct, in love, in character, all that kind of stuff, if that's how you're reading, it's all about, no, I got to do, oh, now I got to walk in love too. Oh, and I got to be merciful to that creep? Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I got to do what for? Oh, and I got to oh, love her, too? And I have to walk in understanding? And, oh, she's thinking, yeah, and I got to respect you? And see, if all you're doing is reading that and you're thinking about all this stuff now that I've got to do and not do, you're already under the law. You've already put yourself there because all you're seeing is what you have to do in yourself. But when you understand that you're not under law, you're under grace. And it doesn't change any of the word. It doesn't stop you or stop from saying or stop, I should, expecting you to walk in love, to be merciful, to have good character, to walk with excellence, all those things that the Word says, it doesn't change any of that. It just says this, listen, there's a lot of things you're going to have to do and not do if you're going to live this right and get the kind of results you want. So here's the deal. Come hang out with me. I'll walk you through it. That's all he's asking. Just come hang out with me. You know, as I made a comment, you know, uh, several we- uh, weeks back, you know, uh, all God's saying is come to the house. Just come to the house. You know, grace is a free gift. There's an abundance of it. All you got to do, though, is come to the house. Yeah. You know, 
And I use that every time, you know, if I was to give you something and something of great value and I said, listen, it's yours, here's the title, here's this, here's that, it's all yours. But hey, uh, if you will do me a favor, if you will come to the house to get it, I'd appreciate it. That didn't make it any less free. It's still just as free, but you had to probably get up, move towards your car, get in your car, drive down the road. It might have took you an extra, you know, because I live in Powell Butte, so it might be, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20-minute drive to get to where you got to get to. And then, you know, you got to come through, drive in my lane, do whatever and all that kind of stuff. So it might cost you. Let's say, let's say it might cost you an hour. Well, <laughs> take an hour of my time to give me that. Who does he think he is making me do that? Oh, you don't have to have it. I'll give it to somebody else. There's an abundance. right? Come on. So God's saying there's an abundance of grace. You can have it. All I'm asking is come to the house. Come hang out with me. Come to the throne of grace so I can empower you so you actually can walk in love. <laughs> come hang out with me and let me empower you so you can actually... Be merciful to that person. He knows in yourself, it ain't going to happen. He knows it. And he says, you know, I made you righteous, so there's nothing that can hinder you to come to me. So even though you've already punched him once, you come to me so I can help you so you won't punch him a second time. Somebody said, well, I'm deserving of a... Stop it. We're all deserving of hell. But in Christ, there's been a way made so that we can come to Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Be empowered. Why? Because that thing is not, hallelujah, going to have dominion over me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's how it works. For sin shall not have dominion over you. If you are not under the law, but under grace. Okay. So let's take the last remaining little bit of time we have here. And I just kind of... You know, uh, you know, just to me, it's kind of a way of looking this, at this. And, and uh, so if just by this verse, okay, um, uh, if you're under the law, because it says, sin, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. So in other words, if you are under the law, or in other words, you're just subject just to the law only, then that means sin has dominion over you. See, this explains a lot of problems. I can't do that. 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 Oh, I did it. Why? Because it has dominion over you. Because your whole life is about, amen, it's really, it's being dominated by sin. Sin's determining sin. Come on, somebody. And so you're, even that list, you're looking at that list as, I can't sin, I can't sin, I can't. God says, why don't you just come to me and let's make this a little easier. Let me just walk you through this. Let me show you who you are and what you got. And you'd be amazed at how that sin just kind of falls off by the wayside. You know, walking in Christ is not all that complicated. But it does require us to move toward it. Are you with me? All right. So if, if you're under the law, then sin has dominion. But listen, if you're under grace, what we've been finding out here is we have dominion over sin. So sin can't dictate now. Now we walk with dominion. Remember, we reign in life when we receive it. 
Remember, praise God, we, we are built up and we receive our rightful inheritance. Why? Because of grace. Everybody say grace. grace. So, under grace, praise God, we have dominion. Okay, under the law, what we've been finding out through the course of these several weeks, under the law, the enemy prevails. But under grace, listen, love prevails. Agape love has a place into your life. When you're under grace, what you're doing is you're saying, Mr. Agape, Mr. Divine Influence, praise God, Mr. Divine, Mr. Agape love, amen, influence me, empower me, walk me through this, amen. So instead of the enemy prevailing, love prevails. And remember, according to 1 Corinthians, love never fails. So if you just stay connected and allow Mr. Love himself to divinely influence you, you're never going to fail. I said you're never going to fail. Okay. Under law, I mentioned this earlier, that means you're under your own strength because it's all about you fulfilling the do's and the don'ts. Under grace, okay, it's his strength. Remember what he said there in 2 Corinthians. It's His strength. My strength is sufficient. So no matter what you're looking at, what you're staring at, what you're dealing with, His strength is involved now. You can overcome. Are you still with me? Okay. Under the law, okay, there's two ditches. It's like a roadway. I want to, maybe for a second here, I want you to see the law or see grace as like a roadway. Okay, if you can just kind of maybe you know, get that picture in your head. And the law has ditches. You're going down that road, there's always ditches. And so you bounce over into one ditch, it's legalism. Because it's all about, you know, I did this and I'm doing that, and bless God, you should too. If you'd live like me, do all the things I do, that's called legalism. Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, hypocrites. Why? Because they're saying we're all, come on. It's all based on what they do, what they did. And it's like, you're missing it. So what happens is you fall into a ditch of legalism. The other side, because some people fly out of that ditch and they go into the other ditch. It's called lawlessness. So then you go, it doesn't matter, I'm going to live like I want. No, you tell me what to do. Tell you one thing. Lawlessness means is that you know what you should be doing and you're not. It's the same thing, sin and lawlessness. In fact, in, in uh, 1 John 3, it bring, defines it that lawlessness is sin. And sin is lawlessness. Because you know the boundary and you choose not to. So you got people that when they're going down, living by the law, living by their own strength, by their own power, they're going to fly into one or the other ditch. It's either going to be into legalism or back out into lawlessness or back over into legalism because it's all about what you do. Let's get off that road. Hallelujah. Don't you feel better already? Let's get on the road of grace. And you're moving along down grace. And guess what? Grace even has some ditches. But it's not like you think. Because when you're moving in grace, moving toward God, you're not always going to do everything right. Sometimes a little bit of you gets in the mix. 
And it's inevitable. You said something you shouldn't have said. Mine's usually something to do with an attitude. I got a wrong attitude. Why? Because I got to meditating on the wrong thing. So what happens? Well, I'm still moving toward God because I'm, that's what I do. I'm going to keep moving toward Him. And so, but I ended up in that ditch. What ditch? Well, when you get over in that other ditch, guess what? You run into forgiveness when you keep moving in grace. Because, you know, it's inevitable. You kind of flew away. Oh, whoops. Woo! Praise God for the blood of Jesus. And you just see, you just, and somehow or another, because you're moving toward, you're going down that road, God can get you right back up on that thing. Praise God. And here you go. But, you know, oh, man, every now and then. <laughs> see, I don't I know, you know, where I grew up, I mean, there are ditches. <laughs> I mean, when you go in a ditch, you disappear. <laughs> That's just the truth. I mean, it's like, where'd they go? Oh, my gosh, they're in the ditch. Okay, out here, you kind of, it's like curbs or, you know, little shoulders, they call it, I guess, the shoulder. Okay. But I'm talking ditches, you know, there's, there can be there, you know. Anyway, you know, sometimes, kind of get off on the side. And, 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 and what happens with that? You got forgiveness on this side. But what happens is you're moving forward in grace. Even though you kind of get off, you make something not quite right. There's another thing called transformation. God ain't excusing the, the mistake. God isn't excusing, uh, you know, the, how you chose this or did that. But if you just keep moving toward God, amen, no matter which side you go in, He's either, he's, there's forgiveness there to keep you moving forward. There's transformation to keep you changing and adjusting to make the changes you got to make to do it. And the more you keep moving toward grace, amen, the more empowerment, the freer you get, the more empowered and strengthened you get, the more you get things done, you start walking, praise God, and receiving, hallelujah, your rightful inheritance. You're being built up and you're reigning in life like you should. Did somebody get something today? Come on, give Him praise. Amen. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. God is so good. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, keep moving toward grace, will you? And again, you know, Grace isn't about excusing sin. Grace isn't about excusing the mistake. But what it is, is an empowerment, right, to get you past it so it doesn't overcome you. It doesn't have dominion over you, praise God. Are you still with me? Amen. <sighs> praise God. Hallelujah. I love the message. God, good news of grace. Amen. Because I need it. Every day. You know, um, probably the best, when, when, when you kind of read some uh, of, of, of Paul, as he, especially through uh, Romans there, you kind of see a little bit of it in, in uh, Romans 6. And um, he talks about um, being alive unto God. And what it is, is it's... Uh, um, it's 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 suzoi, okay, or suzoi. I said suzeo is the Greek word. So there's zoe life, and then there's zeo life, and then there's suzoi, suzeo. There you go, suzeo. There you go. Anyway, doesn't mean nothing, but I guess it just the point is is that 
This way of life, what it's saying is, is I'm alive unto Him. So in other words, I'm giving Him place in all my... And so here's what Paul said, and this is the same thing that Jesus said. I can of myself do nothing. And the quicker you get that revelation, the faster you can get down the road. But when it's always about, I got this, God. <laughs> Jesus himself, I can of myself do nothing. But what I hear the Father say is what I say. And what I see the Father do is what I do. And then he turned around and he said, you of yourself can do nothing. Stay connected to the vine. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, right? Right? So it's the same thing. So the quicker you get a revelation that in myself I can do nothing. That's why Paul said, I can boast in my weakness. I can, I can of myself do nothing. <laughs> I have to laugh. <laughs> what did you just do? I gave God power. Because I can't do it. So I just look to God, lean on God, trust in God. He walks me through it, praise God, shows me everything, praise God. And I can boast in the fact I did nothing except receive. I did nothing except follow. I did nothing except listen and follow. And I always use this because I just think it's so, so uh, the largest church in, in the world. Um, Paul Yonggi Cho, I think later on his name was changed to David Yonggi Cho, is that correct? And uh, somebody asked him because he always gets invited all over the world because they want to know, what is the secret to growing a large church? And they're all ready, right? So they're waiting for all these, you know, 10 steps to growing a large church. And here's what he says. I pray and I obey. <laughs> and they all go, huh? I pray and I obey. <laughs> Next question. That's it? That's it. How do I have a strong marriage? I pray and I obey. <laughs> How do I raise these kids? I pray and I obey. <laughs> right? How do I do business? How do I do this financial thing? I pray and I obey. Doesn't change. What are you doing? Drawn on empowerment, drawn grace, drawn the insight. Let him give me the, the answers. Let, me walk you, let him walk you through it, praise God. And every time you succeed. I don't think Jesus ever failed. And I want you to know he, he didn't live a life without failure, mistake, or sin because He was the Son of God. He makes it real clear. I came as the Son of Man. And the same works that I do shall you do. And so He lets it be known the only way to succeed is to connect to the one that has the answers and then follow Him. And it works. Amen? Amen. 
Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you once again for your word. Thank you once again for ears that heard, hearts that received. Thank you once again for opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us help and insight. Praise God and answers. And for that, we give you the praise and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Look at your name. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.